So I graduated high school, um, let's just say a really long time ago. And I was like super, I loved high school, it was great, fun, woohoo. But let's just be real honest, I was super excited for college. And I had picked the college I was going to when I was a freshman in high school. So it was one of those things where it felt like it was forever till college was coming. And, and I was like, high school, yeah, 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 let's hurry up and like, let's, let's go to college. Because really, I was really excited to get my um, MRS degree right? Have you guys heard of that? Yeah, my MRS. I was so excited to like find a husband and get married and really didn't want a degree. I just wanted to get married and have babies and like ride off into the sunset. Like that was my lifelong goal going into college. Lord bless my soul. Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, that wasn't God's plan for me. I didn't find my husband and we didn't ride off into the sunset in college. Um, but have any of you ever felt like that, where you're just like, you want the next thing. Like you're constantly like, okay, what's next? Like, like when you're in elementary school, you're like, this is cool, but like middle school is gonna be like awesome. And you get to middle school and you're like, this is awkward, not awesome. Like there's like weirdness happening everywhere and I don't know what to do with my hands. And it just gets real, real awkward. And it's, you're like, okay, I need out of middle school and I need into high school because I can't handle my own awkwardness. And you get to high school and you're like, this is awesome. Um, but like it's kind of hard and like I should actually do my homework and like actually study for my test so that I don't like get stuck in junction forever because that would just be like the worst to like live here your whole life or something and you're just like okay what's next so I need to pick a college and we just like want the next season and we want the next season please tell me I'm not the only one in the room that has struggled with the feeling of being content. And how many of us could use a little bit more contentment in our life? Yes, me, I could use some contentment. So where better to look than the Bible? Like the, like the answer for all of our questions, the truth, the foundation of Christianity, and who better to look to in the Bible than good old Paul? right? Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, who was like, just like on fire for Jesus. And he teaches us not just like with his words, but with his actions and how he lived life content, no matter his circumstance, no matter what was happening to him, Paul was content. And I believe that the Lord wants to sink this word deep in our hearts tonight. So if you'll just pray with me real quick, Lord, we love you and we wanna hear from you. And so I pray that you would just remove me um, and that every student in here would hear your heart for, for what you have for them. God, I'm so excited to bring this word that you have laid on my heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're gonna be in the book of Philippians, which is a letter that Paul wrote um, to the church in Philippi. And I love this book. Like Paul is just like dropping like truth bomb after truth bomb. And it's just like, ooh, this stuff is so good. It gets me like so pumped up. But what I find super fascinating about the book of Philippians is that Paul is writing it from prison. He's writing this letter to this church and he's in prison. Okay, so like, I'm sorry, but like, seriously, if I was in prison because I was like doing the right thing and like telling people about Jesus and like living for Jesus and doing all the right things and I was put in prison, I don't know that I'd be wanting to like write letters of like encouragement and like thank you notes to people. Um, I feel like I might be a little bit bitter and like, yo Jesus, 
help a sister out here. Like I'm doing what you told me to do and now I'm stuck in prison. I feel like I might, you know, wanna fight Jesus a little bit and be like, this makes no sense. And it's so interesting and I want us to pay attention and keep this in mind when he is teaching because the most popular verse in the Bible about contentment comes from a man who is in prison. And this is what he says in Philippians 4.10. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you're, in, you're in prison, how, how are you rejoicing greatly in the Lord? That at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. He's like making excuses for this church. This cracks me up, okay. I, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. Again, how can you not be in need? You're in prison, okay. Um, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, you think? And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul saying, I have learned I wasn't born this way. I was born screaming my head off, right? That's how we came out. We're screaming our head off. We're not, we're not born content. I had to learn whether I was full of Chick-fil-A or I was on a diet, or whether I had a car or I was riding a bike, whether it was summer break or I was in school, I had to learn the, school, the skill of being content. And here's what I've learned is that unfortunately, a state of contentment is not a disposition we were born with, but it's a decision that we make. Contentment is a skill that is learned. And I believe it's one of the greatest skills that God wants to teach us and give us. And he's gonna help us learn these things um, and what it's like to be concert, content in all circumstances so that we can be free. So I got to go to Mexico a couple years ago and it was like super awesome, y'all. Like I love the beach. I think we have, well, that is the picture. Yep, <laughs> that's my picture. Like I took that picture. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and like, I went to this all-inclusive with, with all of Curtis's family, his parents and his brother and sister, and um, his, my sister-in-law is like my best friend and um, our kids. And it was like awesome where like the food was just like constant all the time and the pool and like the the food um, and the food and the food was like so yummy and the beach and the sun and it was just like super awesome. And like people like cleaned up after me all the time. Like they'd clean our room like twice a day and like make my bed for me. Like y'all, I'm talking this was good stuff. I mean, come on, that, I mean, seriously, that's like super awesome. And so um, it, was, it was like a dream. Besides like the small factor that my two-year-old diarrhea in the pool and my three-year-old couldn't figure out how to not pee her pants every single day. Besides that like small, you know, little minor bodily fluids happening all over the place in my life. Um, it, it was seriously awesome. <laughs> um, and I would get up every morning before my family would wake up before while the girls are sleeping and Curtis is sleeping and I would put on my workout clothes and I'd sneak outside and I'd go get a cup of coffee and I'd like walk on the beach and I'd be like the only one out there and like the waves would be crashing and the sun would be like rising. Like I, I'm just like, oh Jesus, I'm good. I'm so good right now. Like I was super content that week in Mexico. 
So just like I felt that super content feeling in Mexico, we're gonna learn about three ways tonight to live a life of like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm content, okay? So the first thing that we're gonna learn tonight is this shocking thing you've probably never heard that you should pray instead of worry. Shocking, I know. We should actually like have a conversation with the God of the universe and like talk to him about our problems and our concerns and have this conversation, this ongoing conversation with God and like, God, what do you say about this? And then we're quiet and we listen and he says something we're like, okay, cool. And we like have this conversation instead of like worrying here, like this way on earth, we're, we're not doing this. We're having a conversation, an ongoing conversation with the Lord. But why does it seem sometimes that like prayers are last resort? It's like, well, I guess that's, you know, all we can do is pray. Like, what is that? Who, who made that up? Like, that's like the worst idea. Like the very first instinct we should have about anything is we need to be praying about it. Philippians 4, 6, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Because the Bible also says in Luke 12, 25, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Worrying does nothing for no one. It's, it's, it's not a good thing, right? It doesn't help us learn to be content. And when we're focusing on something, a lot of times it's something that's like abstract. It's never gonna happen. It's like this concern, like I do this a lot. We're all like spiral about like something that could maybe happen in the future sometime. And it's just like, and I spiral and I spend so much time and all I'm doing is stressing myself out. I'm not helping my situation. I'm not learning to be content. I'm just like spiraling with like, and what if this and then this and this? And I, you know, I just have a small panic attack inside about what could maybe happen one day. But when we say, God, I give this worry to you. I give this concern to you. Here's this need. Here's this want. I choose to trust you with it. How drastically does that change our state of contentment when we're choosing to trust the Lord with it? Like, I mean, y'all are in school, right? So like, say you have a math test coming up and, and, and you're like, oh man, I got this math test coming up. And like, if I don't pass, then I'm gonna like fail math and then I'm gonna have to retake it. And I'm gonna be stuck in high school for the rest of my life and I'm never gonna get out of this place. And we, and we spiral real, real quickly. But what if instead we said, okay, Lord, I stepped for this test. I got a tutor, I'm gonna do my best and I'm gonna know that you're gonna be with me and you're gonna help me and you're gonna help me remember the things that I've learned so that I don't fail math, so that I can graduate high school. Or like I know a lot of you are upperclassmen and you guys have like some big decisions coming up, right? Like where are you gonna go to college? Are you gonna go to college? Are you gonna enter the workforce? Like you have some like big decisions and like the worries can be a little bit overwhelming and you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to college, but then like how in the world am I gonna pay for college once I get to college? And like, oh no, I, I have no money. I don't even have a job, so I can't pay for college. I'm gonna be stuck in my parents' house forever. And, and we just like spiral. But instead, what if we were full of faith and we said, Lord, I'm gonna choose to trust you with my future. And, and Lord, give me wisdom to know what to do and help me decide what to do and guide me and lead me. What if we chose to say, Jesus, I need you. And I believe that Jesus wants to answer those prayers. He wants to tell you what, what he has for you in your future. He, he wants to help you along the way. And Jesus knows that when we pray instead of worry, in Philippians 4, 7, he says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds 
anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't we desperately need God to like guard our hearts and our minds? In this world, I just feel like we need God to to bring that peace to us in the midst of like so much chaos that's happening around us. God's peace is like that, that morning, every morning I wake up in Mexico and I get my cup of coffee and I'd walk on the beach. And it's just like quiet and me and him, like that's what God's peace feels like. And that's how prayer gets us to feel that peaceful contentment. The second way that we're gonna learn to be content is we're gonna remember to rejoice. And I did a whole message on like remembering God and like this is something that I love, I personally love to do this. But Philippians 4.4 says, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Why did Paul say it twice? Could it be that he knows that we're human and we're super forgetful people, right? Am I the only one that's a little forgetful sometimes? Yeah, thanks, okay. Um, yeah, I, sometimes I'm, I'm super forgetful and even like, y'all, okay, I'm a pastor, right? And like, I, I know, I know with like all of my heart, soul and strength that like God is faithful. I have seen God be faithful over and over and over again in my life. But sometimes when I get so focused on the world and what's happening around me, I forget that God is faithful. And just this last weekend, God had to remind me, Sarah, I'm faithful. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot. He like, he reminded me and he was so gentle and kind about it. But, but we have to remember to rejoice. What if we celebrated like everything that God did for us like that? Like we were jumping up and down that we like didn't fill our math test and we were like jumping up and down that we didn't get in that wreck that we probably should have because we were driving a little too fast. And we started to celebrate everything and rejoice in everything. And every day we said, Jesus, thank you for my car and thank you for my clothes and thank you for my family and thank you for food and thank you and thank you and thank you and thank you. Philippians 4, 6 goes on to say, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. He says it again. I think it's really important that we remember to say thank you and we rejoice. And what if we started using our manners with God? Y'all, I I'm, I'm, grew up in the South and so like manners were like a big thing and everything is yes ma'am and no ma'am and no thank you and yes thank you. And, and, and manners I think are kind of like super important. Like, my nieces, I have two sweet little nieces and y'all, they are like the most grateful children. I'm like, I need some lessons from my in-laws because they have like raised these two little girls. I'm, I'm talking like, they say thank you for like their banana and for their applesauce and thank you for throwing my trash away and thank you. And th- like, they're just constantly saying thank you. And it's just like, oh, they're like so sweet and so cute. And like, you just wanna like give them more stuff. And I'm not kidding, my nieces remember from I'm like their second birthday what I got them. They're like, remember Aunt Sarah, you got me these. And I'm like, yeah, I remember. Like, and it's just like, I feel like God wants us to be like that. He wants us to remember all of the good things he gives us. And he wants us to say thank you. And he wants us to celebrate constantly this incredible life that he's given us. We remember in order to rejoice. What we recall to our mind about what God has done for us will determine how we can live in contentment. When we remember, oh yeah, God forgave all my sins, every wrong thing that I've ever done, and his mercies are new every single morning. And oh yeah, God would leave the 99 every time 
to come and find me if I was lost. And, and oh yeah, my God doesn't give up on me and he doesn't leave me. And oh yeah, my God is faithful. And oh yeah, my God is my strength and he is my grace and he is my joy and he is my peace. And oh yeah, when life happens and it's crappy, my God promises to always be with me. He promises to always be with me. And oh yeah, my God is good. I know he is good no matter my circumstance. No matter what is happening, my God is so, so good to me. Paul, who was in prison for the sake of Jesus Christ, is telling us to rejoice. Do you think that maybe Paul knew something that we needed to know? Maybe he knew that when we rejoiced in the Lord, the things of the earth slowly fade away. That, that when we start focusing on the solution, our problem begins to be a lot smaller. And when we start putting our eyes on the one who is the giver of all good gifts and that works all things together for our good. I'm not saying our circumstances are gonna like automatically change, but I am saying our perspective can and how we respond to our circumstances when we're rejoicing, that's gonna change us from the inside and how we look and how we respond. We're gonna pray instead of worry. We're gonna remember to rejoice. And the last thing is we're gonna go to our source daily. Don't we desperately need to live a life so secure in the source in Jesus that the world can't knock us over? Jesus is our source. He is where we are gonna find everything that we want, everything we need, our desires, our hopes, our dreams. Jesus is the answer. And every day we're going to him and we're saying, Jesus, I need you. And we're tapping into him and, and he's the one that's giving our, us our confidence and our joy and our peace and our wisdom. And we're saying, Jesus, I need you this day. I can't do it without you. And this is my favorite part. This is my favorite verse that Paul says in verse 19. I think this is the key to contentment right here is that we know and this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs, all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He's gonna supply it all. He knows our needs, he knows our wants. He's like a crazy generous God and he wants to bless us. There are seasons that, that we go through where, where maybe we're waiting and we're praying about something and, and we need God to give us something. Maybe it's a job or like we're, we're, we're praying for a good friend or, or we're praying about money to go to college or, or maybe we're like praying about like a healing in our heart that we're kind of waiting on God to like move in an area of our life. I think it's so important that we do not confuse the answer with, with the giver of all good gifts, that we don't confuse the supply, the thing, the, the this, with, with the one who gives it, with the source of all things. Can't get the created things confused with the creator. We can't get the created things confused with the creator. Paul says he rejoiced in the Lord, not in the gift. He rejoiced in the Lord and whoever and however and whatever God uses to bless us, we have to know it comes from him. Right? It doesn't come from another person. It's God giving it to that person to give to us. Like, I'm so crazy thankful for my husband, but someone very wise once told me that we look to the giver and not the gift. Right? Curtis is awesome. Yes, my children are incredible, but who gave them to me? 
Jesus, God, he, he, he is, he's the giver. And that's who we're looking to to say thank you. And that's who we're praying to. And that's who we're rejoicing in. And that's who we're going to as our source of everything that we need. So after this like incredible dream vacation, I got to go on a couple years where, you know, again, people were like cleaning up after me and cooking for me and I was just like enjoying my life, doing nothing but soaking up the sun. Um, I had to come home. I couldn't stay in Mexico forever, unfortunately. And I had to come home and it was winter here in Colorado, in cold, cold Colorado, after being in the sun and the warm and I came home and it was cold. And all of a sudden, I didn't feel so content anymore. All of a sudden, no one was making my bed or like cleaning up the dishes after I cooked the meal again for my family and my children who were like always hungry. I like, and all of a sudden, like things weren't just like handed to me. I like had to be a adult and be responsible. Um, and I got back to real life and I started feeling a little discontent. And, and I'm like super embarrassed to like say this, that like as a pastor, I struggled with this um, recently where um, I became so discontent um, that I almost went into like a small bout of depression where I was like looking to the world. I had been like on such this high vacation and I came back and that wasn't real life. And, and all of a sudden I was like, man, things of the world felt really good over here in Mexico. And I started looking at the things of the world and not the one who created the world. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, what else can I get that's gonna help me feel that like contentment again. And, and I wanted to start buying things and I wanted to start planning all these extravagant vacations with money I didn't have. And, and all of a sudden I be began to have this like yucky um, thing happen in me where, where I was really discontent. Um, and that's really embarrassing to say. And I'm just being real honest that like I, um, I wasn't letting Jesus like fill me and I wasn't having those conversations of prayer and I wasn't remembering to rejoice and I kind of got in a yucky place in my life and that was, that was on me, that was my fault. But this is what Paul is trying to tell us is that Paul was content to live or die and it wasn't that he was suicidal, it was that he was free. Paul had learned to be so, so content with life. It didn't matter if he lived or died because for him it was gain to go and be with heaven. For him to stay here, it was, it was gain for people on earth because he was telling people about heaven. I just find it like so fascinating that God would use a man in chains in prison to teach us about being content. Isn't that interesting that maybe something you're struggling, God wants to use for his glory and for his kingdom. He had learned to be so, so content. He didn't need the approval of others. And he didn't need more stuff. And he didn't need to strive to be perfect in this perfection. Like he was so content in, in who God created him to be and what he was placed on earth to, to do that it didn't matter if he was in prison or on a beautiful beach. Like it didn't matter to him where he was. He, he knew he was there to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like he knew what he was placed on earth to do. And he knew who supplied 
all of his needs. And Paul prayed instead of worried. And Paul remembered to rejoice in the giver of all good things. And Paul daily was tapping into the source of life that gave him confidence, that gave him joy and and that fulfillment and that contentment. That is all found in Jesus Christ. And I believe that Jesus has all of that for us. So I just wanna encourage you tonight when you go home, I I, I wanna encourage you and challenge you. Like, I don't know, if you like to journal, I do. Get get a notebook, get a piece of paper, get a scrap piece of paper, get a loan. and, And I want you to just like pour out your heart to the Lord and like, and like tell him what's going on. And like maybe there's some areas where you feel discontent and you're like, Lord, I like have this need. And like, how, how are you gonna help me? And how are you gonna meet me here in this need? Or maybe it's a dream that you like have this dream school you wanna go to. And you're like, I don't know if I can get in. And, and you start to begin a conversation with him instead of worrying about it. And then you rejoice knowing that he supplies all of our needs, knowing that that he's gonna be faithful no matter what, knowing that he's good no matter your circumstance and and start to practice rejoicing and start to practice those manners and saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Like hearing thank you never gets old to me. And I bet it doesn't get old to God. When, when, when he knows that we're just grateful kids that are like so thankful for, for us being able to spend forever in heaven with him, like I know that that pleases his heart. And that begins that like relationship and tapping in to the source of who Jesus is. So we're gonna pray instead of worry. We're gonna remember to rejoice and we're gonna daily go to our source for everything that we need because he will supply everything that we need. Let's pray. Jesus, you're so good. And I believe that you want us to live content lives, not complacent, but content in the season that you have us in, God. So I pray that you would, you would stir in our hearts to pray instead of worry. And as soon as we start to worry that your Holy Spirit would convict us of that worry and, and your Holy Spirit would remind us to rejoice and your Holy Spirit would remind us to remember all of the good things that you've done for us, that we would remember that you love us and you're crazy about us and you're for us. And Lord, that every day, starting today and tomorrow morning when we wake up and the next day when we wake up, that we would be coming to you first and saying, Jesus, I need you. You're the answer to all of it. I pray that you bless every single student, every single person in this room tonight, that they can know that they can live in contentment through you. I pray that you bless them and keep them safe. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.